0: The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Today's story is part two of Ant and Chelly break records. Here we go. and Shelley set to work. They spent the rest of the day trying to break all sorts of world records. Somersaulting on stilts, juggling kittens while riding a unicycle. They made the kittens wear crash helmets, so it's perfectly safe. Number of stitches knitted while free-falling off a cliff into a pool of water. Longest distance, a Brussels sprout is pushed with your nose over hot coals. Most bindies in your knees after falling off your rocket-propelled go-kart. Pointiest carrot sharpened with a pencil sharpener while rollerblading. And biggest splash when jumping into a vat of beetroot juice. But attempting all these world records proved harder than they imagined. By the end of the day, Ant and Chelly had failed to break any records. They were seriously disgruntled. This breaking records is a lot harder than it looks in the book, complained Ant. I think the people in the book must have cheated, said Shelley gloomily. How? asked Ant. His imagination wasn't as vivid as Shelley's. He struggled to think how you could cheat at growing a beard of bees. I think they must have practised, said Shelley, contemptuously, in some cases for years. Oh, said Art, that was not something he was prepared to do. Or worse, said Shelley, they're just naturally incredibly talented, like the human pretzel on page 63. I don't care how often I touch my toes or do side bends, I'm never going to be as flexible as him. And I think some of them are just unnaturally patient, said Art. He was thinking of the person with the world's longest toenails. And having the world's fattest cat, exclaimed Shelley. That's just luck. And a lot of cat food, said Aunt. We can't afford that, said Shelley. No, agreed Aunt. And there's no way we can beat all those people if they're gonna cheat like that, said Shelley. I guess there's just so many people in the world, said Aunt. It's no wonder it's hard to beat all of them. (gasps) That's it cried Shelley, leaping to her feet excitedly. It is, said Aunt. You're brilliant yelled Shelley. I am, asked Ant. He'd never been accused of this before. We're going about this all wrong, said Shelley. There are seven billion people on earth. Of course it's too hard to beat them all and get a world record. So we're going to give up and go inside and just watch television then, asked Ant? No, said Shelley. We're going to get a world record, just not on this world. "'What?' asked Aunt. He was getting very confused. Apart from anything else, the pain from the 27 bee stings from when he tried sword dancing while wearing a beard of bees was really quite distracting. "'If we travel to another world,' said Shelley, "'we can get all the records we want. In fact, we can get the record for the most number of records.' "'Huh?' Aunt still didn't understand what she was rabbiting on about.' We are going to travel to Mars, said Shelley. That's another world, and we're going to get all the records there. There's no life on Mars, except maybe subterranean bacteria, and they can have all the bacterial records. That's fine. We'll just get the rest. All right, said Ant. It didn't seem any more far-fetched than winning a world record on Earth to him. And so they set to work again, this time building an interplanetary spaceship. Now, interplanetary spaceships are obviously quite complicated. There's a lot of physics, thermodynamics, and welding involved. But luckily, Dad was a hoarder, so they had a lot of junk in the back shed. And since recycling and repurposing is such an important part of helping the environment, they were able to put together a spacecraft in one afternoon while leaving barely any carbon footprint. They did have to call a halt at that point because it was dinner time, they were both hungry, and Mum got cranky if they were late for dinner. Aunt got cranky if they were late for dinner. He was a growing boy and did not respond well to low blood sugar levels. So the launch was scheduled for the following morning first thing. Obviously after breakfast because it was Saturday and Dad always made pancakes on Saturday. But by 9.30 on Saturday morning, Aunt and Chelly were both sitting inside the ride-on lawnmower that they had made into the cockpit of their spacecraft. Are you ready, asked Chelly. Sure, said Aunt. He didn't think he'd ever be ready, but he might as well get it over with. If it didn't work out, they'd still make it back in time for lunch. Worst case scenario, the launch didn't work at all, and they'd make it back in time for second breakfast. So there was nothing to lose. Okay, here we go, said Shelley. Three. Two. Hey, aren't you meant to start from ten, asked Aunt. We haven't got time for that malarkey, said Shelley. One. She hit the go button, and the next thing they knew, they were sitting on top of a giant explosion that was hurtling them into the sky. Crikey, said out. it worked! Of course it worked, said Chelly. You didn't doubt me, did you? Didn't like to admit it, but actually, he had a little bit. Now, I'm not going to bore you by describing their travel through outer space, because, frankly, it was boring. Once you get used to the mind-blowing beauty of the stars and the stunning sight of Earth from space... It all gets tedious very quickly. It's not at all like in the movies. For a start, space is completely silent. No zoom or pew noises, unless you make them yourself, but you feel like an idiot if you do that. There's nothing to dodge or weave around because space is, for the most part, completely empty. As the name suggests, it's just space. There's nothing between Earth and Mars, so nothing exciting happened. So let's just get to the good bit when they landed. Luckily, the explosion that had been their launch was way more powerful than could be conceived, so they smashed through the atmosphere of Mars early in the afternoon and crashed into the surface just a few seconds later. They were both completely unharmed because Chelly had planned ahead and made them protective suits out of bubble wrap so they would survive the fall. She'd even made breathing apparatus out of fish bowls and scuba diving equipment, so once they'd unwrapped the bubble wrap, they were able to step out onto the surface of Mars. It was a bleak and desolate landscape. "'red dirt, rock, and more red dirt and rock, "'as far as the eye could see in every direction. "'It was weird to be standing somewhere with no trees "'or bushes or buildings or anything. "'It felt wrong. "'Right,' said Shelley, "'let's get cracking.' "'Cracking what?' asked Aunt. "'Records,' said Shelley, "'reaching into the ride on lawnmower "'and pulling out a big bin full of unicycles, "'juggling balls, samurai swords, "'pogo sticks and bees' nests. "'Aunt had forgotten that that's what they'd come to do. "'Oh, okay,' said Aunt, "'and they got to work.' This was much easier. On Mars, they were soon smashing records left, right and centre. True, Celli only managed three jumps on her pogo stick before tumbling head over heels into a crevasse and smashing her nose on a rock, but that was three more than anyone else on Mars, so she thought that was good enough to claim the record. Ant had a hard time putting on his beard of bees. The bees were understandably cross about being forced to do interplanetary travel, so they'd gone into hibernation deep inside their hive. But Ant managed to coax out one bee and get it to sit on his face, but only after he lay on the ground and balanced it there carefully. But this was enough, he claimed the Mars world record. Chelly rode a unicycle 30 centimetres, Ant juggled one ball, Chelly had a fingernail two millimetres long, Ant did four push-ups, and they jotted all these things down in a notebook as new Mars world records. Things were going splendidly, until a cloud started to form on the horizon. And I'm not talking metaphorically, I mean literally a real cloud. What's that? Asked Shelley. Aunt shaded his eyes and squinted off into the distance. It looks like dust. Shelley was watching it closely. If it's just dust, why is it getting closer? For the cloud was getting closer and bigger. It was moving faster and faster towards them. Shelley said, Aunt nervously, "How sure are you that there's no life on Mars?" "A hundred percent," said Shelley. But as these words left her mouth. The dust cloud was getting closer, and they could see more distinct shapes in the cloud, including the shapes of legs. Well, maybe more like 70%. The cloud was bowling towards them faster than a Lamborghini now. They could see lots of legs moving swiftly in different directions, and now arms swinging back and forth athletically. Actually, more like 5% rapidly diminishing. "'Now the dust cloud was so close "'they could make out the features of faces.' "'Okay, I'm going to call it,' said Shelley. "'The only thing I'm a 100% sure of "'is that I was wrong.' "'The cloud came to an abrupt halt "'just a few metres away. "'Aunt and Shelley didn't even attempt to run. "'There was no point.' They were looking at a group of Martians and these Martians were clearly much faster, bigger and stronger than them. They had massive eyes the size of dinner plates, noses longer than cucumbers and ears like lettuce leaves. And they didn't just have two legs. They had eight legs each, as well as arms and hands with a dozen fingers. When he looked closely, Ant saw that each hand had three opposable thumbs. The biggest of the Martians stepped forward. Aunt and Shelly tried not to cower. The Martian made an ominous guttural noise. <laughs> but it turned out he was just clearing his throat. It then said in perfectly enunciated English, Greetings! You have been taken to our leader. The leader is me. Wow, said Aunt. It's super convenient that you speak English, said Shelley. We all speak six million different languages, said the Lead Martian. We like to have hobbies. Oh, Okay said Shelley. A teacher had tried to teach her French once, and one lesson had made her feel like her brain had been beaten with a crowbar. But for once, Shelley was too polite to share what she was thinking. What brings you to our planet, inquired the Martian. Um, said Aunt. He thought about the reason, and it sounded silly even to his own brain. Shelley was less self-conscious. We just wanted to break some records, she explained. "'We've got this book,' said Ant, holding up the book of world records. "'It's got all the records from Earth, but they're really hard to beat, "'so we thought we'd come here and get all the Martian records.' The Martians all gathered around their leader as he held the book in his massive hands. He started to flick through the pages at super speed. He was apparently reading it, but much faster than any human could, and all the other Martians were reading over his shoulder. Finally, he reached the last page and snapped the book shut.' These are the greatest achievements of your kind, asked the Martian. Yes, said Shelley. The Martians all looked at the book, then they all looked at each other, and then they all burst out laughing. But these achievements are so puny and weak, chortled the leader, holding your breath for nine minutes, pogo jumping 17 kilometres, running a mile in four minutes. These things are all so easy to accomplish. And if you beat them, you get in this book. Yes, said The Martians whispered amongst themselves for several seconds, then they laughed some more, then they turned back to Chelly and At. Thank you for the wonderful laugh. You have lightened our spirits. We didn't have anything to do this afternoon. Now we will have wonderful fun. You're going to read the book again, asked Chelly. No, we're going to travel to your planet and break all your pathetic records, said the leader. It will be easy for us. Come, my people, let us build a travelling vessel and go at once. The Martians tore off, running towards the horizon. "'Hey, wait up!' said Shelley. She raced after them for a few paces before realising how silly and futile a gesture this was. "'We've got to stop them!' "'Why?' asked Aunt. "'We just do!' said Shelley. So Aunt and Shelley hurried back to Earth as quickly as they could, but it was no use. The Martians were faster at space travel too. When Aunt and Shelley landed, the Martians were already everywhere, smashing every record they could find. Most plate spinning, longest bungee jump, tallest replica of the Eiffel Tower made entirely out of carrot sticks. They were even better at the records like growing fingernails, because they could just stare at their fingernails and will them to grow at whatever speed they liked. Aunt and Shelley were devastated. "What have we done?" said Shelley. "We've ruined everything," said Aunt. Just then they heard the throaty roar of an internal combustion engine with a poorly maintained muffler. Vroom, 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 vroom. They looked up to see an enormous Triumph motorcycle riding down the road. The bike dramatically skidded to a halt right in front of them. What now? asked Aunt. Oh, I hope it's not aliens from Uranus, said Shelley. The rider took off their helmet and the kids were shocked to see the distinctive silver perm and wrinkly skin of the human they loved most. Granny, they cried, running forward to hug her. It took them about 90 seconds to explain the pickle they'd gotten themselves into. If only there'd been a record for explaining an intergalactic world record smashing crisis, they would have won it then and there. Kids, said Granny, don't despair. I know you can handle this. You are special. And I mean that in a good way. I've travelled all around the world dozens of times and you two are by far the weirdest children I've ever met. Is this meant to be a motivational speech, Granny asked Shelley, because if so, it's coming across as a bit of a downer. I'm saying you've got unique skills, said Granny. That's why I know you've got it in you to break the greatest world record of all. Which one's that asked Aunt the world record for rounding up Martians and getting them to leave your planet, said Granny, she's right, said Shelley. We've got to do it if we don't stop these Martians, they're going to break all the world records in one day, and that'll be chaos for the record-breaking community, but we're just kids, said Aunt. We don't know how. are you kidding, said Shelley. Look at what we've learned how to do in the last two days, Pogo jump, pip spit, somersault fire-breathing, squirrel-juggling, bee-whispering and tightrope-walking over crocodiles. We're perfectly trained for just this job. And so, once again, they set to work. Using the skills they'd learned in their attempts to break records, Ant and Chelly lassoed, juggled, encircled, trapped, wrestled and cajoled the Martians into their own backyard. When they were finally corralled, they confronted the Martian leader and gave him a blank notebook. What is this? asked the lead Martian. It's the book of records, said Aunt. For where? asked the Martian. Neptune, said Shelley. Do you know how little gravity there is there? Breaking records will be so easy. You can write the book yourself. The Martians mumbled amongst themselves for several moments. Aunt and Shelley crossed their fingers, desperately hoping that they'd fall for it. Wondrous proposal, said the lead Martian. Make haste, my people. Last one to the spaceship is a rotten egg. The Martians turned and raced off. "'I don't believe it,' said Aunt. "'We did it!' "'You kids can do anything,' said Granny. "'Thanks for the book, Granny,' said Shelley. "'I'm glad you liked it,' said Granny. "'But considering all the trouble it's caused, "'next year I might give you something safer, "'like a stick of dynamite, or a wild tiger, or both.' "'I'm glad our next birthday's a year away,' said Aunt. "'I think I need the rest.' "'And so Aunt and Shelley did get the world record "'for saving the world from Martian invasion.' Not many people know about it, though, because their photo was put on the page right next to the guy with the disgustingly long fingernails. And people are always too grossed out to spend long looking at that page. The end. Thank you for listening to support this podcast. Just buy a book by me, R.A. Spratt. There's a lot to choose from from across the Nanny Piggins, Friday Barnes, and Pesky Kids series, as well as the audiobook now of The Adventures of Nanny Piggins. You can order any of these things through your local bookstore or go to my website, raspratt.com, and click on the book depository banner. They've got all my titles and free international shipping. That's it for now. Until next time, goodbye.